coming up on this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 310 of the YLB Podcast. It is Father's Day weekend, but not only that, it is Hell in a Cell weekend. That means we're going to be doing a breakdown, a preview, and predictions for this weekend. Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I'm going to give you a lot of thoughts on that, as well as my predictions for this now. For so far that we know, a four-match card. And we'll explain that when we get to that point. But let's talk about what Mr. YLB has provided us on the docket this week. He had provided me six articles for this week, but he made the executive decision, given the fact that Hell in a Cell was was going down this weekend, dropped it to four. So here's what we have on the docket for this week. Pull up a nice article from Fightful. Vince McMahon and WWE sued for selling stock while failing to disclose collapse of the Middle East details. That's a big deal. We'll definitely be talking about that on today's episode. What happened? What went down? We'll discuss all of that. I also have news from SE Scopes. Wrestle Grand Grand Slam. Wrestle Grand Slam, jeez. <laughs> Wrestle Grand Grand Slam. Words are hard now in these kids. Was supposed to go down last month in the month of May to round out and uh, May, I believe. Uh, unfortunately, of course, with the state of emergency lockdown over in Japan, Wrestle Grand Slam got canceled. Now we know it is rescheduled, and we do have a main event for this show. We'll be discussing that. Also, for those of you who are fans of the ESPYs, best WWE moment is returning to the ESPYs, and you yourself get to pick the winner. We'll discuss how you get to pick the winner for this year and how the ESPYs are returning. All that good stuff in between, but we will kick off this week's episode from WrestleHeadlines.com. This is the top story of the week. AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Special name and theme revealed for AEW's NYC debut. And Chris Jericho says AEW will be vindicated as the coolest. That's what we're going to be kicking off this week's episode with, as well as, of course, the Hell in a Cell preview and predictions. Because, once again, it is Father's Day weekend. It is Hell in a Cell weekend. This is episode 310 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. Yo, peeps, this is Mr. Fretz from the Fretzelmania podcast, and you, yes, you with the earbuds, are listening to Stephen A. Smith, I mean, the Young Lions perspective right here on Russell Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast.
What's going on, guys? Zach from the Rest of the Nation Podcast here with episode 310 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this wonderful Saturday. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Just in case you didn't know, you're listening to this episode, of course, on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcast, Spotify, and everywhere else you can listen to this podcast. It is Saturday, June 19, 2021, the day before Father's Day. And before we get into the news of the week, I want to start this episode by dedicating this episode to my father, Raymond. Uh, for those of you who do not know, or those of you who are not regular listeners to this podcast, my father, Raymond Ruzica, passed away uh, the day before Halloween, October 30th, 2020, due to uh, heart complications uh, and cancer. He had the camp. He had a heart attack a week prior, and he got stents put in his heart, uh, quadruple bypass. Uh, I was told by his uh, now uh, widowed wife Lori, uh, and shout out to Lori and her uh, children as well. I hope you guys are doing well. And what had happened was uh, with the quadruple bypass, uh, there were new stents put in his heart. He had spoken that week. He let me know he had a heart attack and everything was all right. Uh, he was going to get a quadruple bypass this was the Tuesday prior. And um, we talked for a little bit, making sure he was all good. I told him I love him. And um, the week after, this was about Tuesday or Wednesday, the week of, um, Lori told me that uh, he had the quadruple bypass, he was successful. Uh, they were going to take a few days to see how everything went. And that Friday, uh, I was at work. 6.40 a.m. I'll never forget it. I got a message from Lauren. Uh, this is, I saw the message about around 8 o'clock or so. And informing me that my father had passed away uh, due to the bypass. Uh, apparently, you know, it was too much for my, uh, my father to take on that unfortunate day he had passed away and I dedicate this episode in honor of my father hence why today's episode is titled For Raymond Um, I'll be doing a little bit more shout outs towards the end of today's episode but I wanted to make sure you guys knew the situation and why this weekend is kind of near and dear to my heart this will be the first Father's Day uh, without my father on this earth and it's a difficult thing for me to take in. Um, they always say that you never want to bury your parents. You never want to see your parents go before you go. It's kind of how it always should be, but life isn't always that way. And things happen. Um, I can easily disclose this because, you know, I can. Uh, my father was a heavy smoker, which kind of led to where we where it happened in October. 
I was also a smoker at the time. A few months after that, um, I decided to quit smoking. And just off of that, because I did not want to be next in line. And I think, honestly, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my 33 years of existence on this earth. So, Raymond, this one's for you. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I hope you guys have had a very productive week. I know we're about to get into summer festivities in a couple of days' time. It will be the beginning of the summer solstice. So, the days are going to be longer. That's going to be crazy. And um, in that, I hope you guys had a really solid, productive week, had a good week. And now we get to be here on this wonderful Father's Day weekend. Uh, so as you're listening to this episode, I actually will be at a, uh, a friend's birthday party for his son. Uh, he just turned one, or is turning one. And so I will be, as you're listening to this, I will be there enjoying a pig roast and uh, bringing over Pampers Cruisers uh, size three, as promised. So <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing cooler than that. So. Other than that, y'all, let us get into the news before we start to get sad, because you didn't, you ain't here for me rambling on. You're here for the news. So let's talk about it. Let's kick it off with these this week's top story. Big news. This was huge news earlier this week of AEW Dynamite debuting in NYC later this year. And from WrestlingHeadlines.com, special name and theme reveal for AEW's NYC debut Chris Jericho says AEW will be vindicated as the coolest from, of course, my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game today, Mr. Mark Middleton. The first ever Grand Slam edition of AEW Dynamite will be held in New York City later this year. As noted earlier, AEW President Tony Khan appeared on WFAN 660 in New York City earlier in the mor- earlier that morning, which I believe, let me check the date on that. It was the 16th, so that was, do-do-do-do, math, what, this past Wednesday, and announced that the company will make their NYC debut on Wednesday, September 22nd, for a live Dynamite show. The event will take place from the USTA Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is a tennis stadium located in Queens, with a capacity of just under 24,000. If those of you who are going to be going... Tickets will go on sale Friday, July 16th. And I already know at least two people from the Wrestle Addict Radio team that are going to be considering going due to the fact that they are in the NYC area. Those two know who they are, and you can make your guesses as much as you like. In an update, Khan spoke with Kate Feldman of the NY Daily News and revealed that the event will be called Grand Slam. He compared it re- to recent special Dynamite events like Blood and Guts, and winter is coming. This will be the AEW's NYC debut and their first stadium show and the first res- pro wrestling event ever to be held at the tennis complex. Quote, no city is more synonymous with wrestling than New York City. AEW is a new company and our company is in the business of both embracing tradition and trailblazing, trying to start new traditions and new history. End quote. Chris Jericho also spoke with the Daily News and said AEW going back on the road is, quote, a real cool end to the chapter of our lives that we all want to move on from. Referring to the COVID-19 pandemic that canceled tours and led to limited crowds, usually made up of wrestlers and extras. Jericho called AEW's NYC debut a celebration and a victory. 
AEW, he said, AEW will be vindicated as their coolest pro wrestling company in the world today, saying, quote, it's a sharpening call that AEW is back on the road at the highest of levels. It's ready to take control of New York City. It's a celebration. It's a victory. We'll be vindicated as the coolest wrestling company in the world today. What fans can expect is what we've been doing, just at a higher intensity level and a higher energy level because of the people in the crowd giving us more inspiration and more energy and more reward for what we're doing. End quote. The article noted that Khan has been writing every Dynamite episode himself since late 2019. They were tight-lipped about storylines for Grand Slam, but Jericho promised that it will be one of the biggest shows in AEW history. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP universe, as a person who does live in New Jersey and lives close, um, I'm quite excited for this event. I am very, very excited for this event uh, taking place in New York City. This will be the first show in New York City in quite some time. And the fact that they're going to be doing it in a tennis stadium is even more fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, excuse my French, but this is amazing. This is a fantastic way for AEW to come back to the Northeast. I know they'll be touring, uh, for the most part, uh, throughout the southern states, Texas, Florida, of course, for sure. And um, I believe uh, they'll be holding uh, Full Gear in Missouri in November. Uh, in St. Louis, so that's also a big deal. But for the fact that we're going to be getting wrestling back in the Northeast, besides the fact that MLW is doing an event in July in uh, Philly, um, this is a really big deal because this is one of the two big major companies in the world today. And this is a very exciting time for a lot of us in the Northeast because um, of the fact that we haven't had any pro wrestling events, like major pro wrestling events. Of course, we had Indies, Indie shows and all that in Atlantic City, ICW Knowles Park, all of that. But we haven't had a really major major wrestling company come into the, back to the Northeast for the first time in a long time. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful thing. And I'm very, very excited to see that AEW are the ones leading the forefront and saying, we're coming to NYC and we're going to be taking it over. Who's down to watch us? So... This is a very, very exciting time for not just fans in the Northeast, fans in the New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut area. This is a, a really exciting time for all of us. And if you're going to be going to the event, enjoy yourself. You know, again, tickets will go on sale Friday, July 16th. So this is going to be, this is a really big deal. If you're going to be getting those tickets, get those tickets ASAP. Because y'all know, for an event like this, especially in the NYC area, in the Queens area, tickets are going to go quickly. Okay? I love the fact that AEW is really saying, yeah, we're coming back to the New York City area. We want to do this. They weren't do- they didn't pick Barclays. They didn't pick Madison Square Garden, which would have been tra- as traditional as traditional can get. But the fact that they're going to be doing it in Arthur Ashe Stadium, a tennis stadium, which has more than enough capacity <laughs> to hold a really, really huge show. This is going to be crazy. Even on television, it's going to be nuts. You're gonna, we're going to feel that energy. We're going to be feeling that energy. It is going to be in insane. It is going to be absolutely insane to watch that episode of Dynamite and see that energy and feel that energy, even though I won't be there. You know, 
I would love to be at the event. Okay. I would love to be at the event. Um, but you know, I'm not here to pay twelve dollars, but <laughs> it would be really cool to see. And I'll, you'll, I'll, I mean, I got a little something that I will be announcing to y'all uh, sometime soon um, in regards as to why I will not be attending um, this event. Um, it is a big thing for me, um, and it's not the announcement that I've been I've spoken about a while back. That's a whole different announcement in and of itself. And once we get all the logistics done, I promise you, you'll get all the information on that particular thing. But this is also a big time for me. Um, as well. So I'll explain that uh, in just a little bit. But actually, no, I'll, I'll let y'all wait on that. You know, when the time is right, I will reveal. I won't try to, you know, push anything if I don't need to. But this is going to be a big time for AEW. First pro wrestling event at the tennis complex, first stadium show, NYC debut. This has all the makings of an amazing show. And if Jericho is is giving us the goods and they're saying, you know, it's going to be one of the biggest shows in AEW history. You best believe that you better make that promise legit. I mean, ever since double or nothing, you know, my expectations now for them are, are much higher. And I want to make, I want to see, you know, them prosper and succeed. And if they can have this show and if they are able to knock it out of the park, Hey, NYC, is going to be a big deal because usually that's WWE country. That is WWE country. Uh, they usually have their shows held at Barclays Center and they have Madison Square Garden events. And I don't know when WWE is going to be going back to the Northeast, but the fact that, you know, AEW said, yeah, we're going to New York. We're going in, we're going to take over, and we're handling business. That is a very big deal, and I'm quite excited to see what they're going to do. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with this event. You know, you're coming off of the heels of All Out, which is taking place, I believe, September 5th. If I'm not mistaken. Let me do my math. Hold on. Yeah, it'll be September 5th. So it's right after Labor Day, you know. Then we'll be going, you know, the 8th, the 15th, and then we get the 22nd. So September is a huge month for AEW. You're having All Out, and then literally... A little bit more than two weeks later, you're going to have this huge stadium show. That's a big deal to me. That is a very, very big deal to me as to why, you know, this whole situation for AEW couldn't be any more perfect. Because you have this, I mean, the schedule for WWE has no Northeast shows. None. No Philly, no Newark, no Brooklyn, not New York City, Boston, and AEW is saying, we're coming to the Northeast and we're taking over and we're going to do work and we're going to give you the one of the best shows AEW has ever, ever produced. That's huge to me. You know, embracing tradition and trailblazing, trying to start new traditions and new history. This is new history. For AEW. New traditions. Who's to say that they don't do this every single year now? You know, it's a, it's going to be a celebration. It's a victory. Vindicated as the coolest wrestling company in the world today. They're basically giving us something that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. For those who will be at the event and 
all of that, you know, this is a moment in time. September 22nd is going to be a moment in time that none of us will forget. Queens, New York, 24th. This is going to sell out quickly. I guarantee this will sell out before the weekend is up. I I am guaranteeing that right now. This will either sell out by the end of the weekend or sell out before we get to the next week, before the 23rd of July. It is going to sell out fast. So if you're going to be going to that event, again, tickets go on sale Friday, July 16th. Okay? So make sure you get those tickets because this is a... I wouldn't say a once-in-a-lifetime event. This is just a really big event for AEW, and I cannot wait to see what they bring to the table. I cannot see. I cannot wait to see what they're going to do with this show. Again, you're you're two weeks off of the heels of All Out, and you're going to NYC. Like, man, that is in. That is just ballsy, insane, fantastic. And I am quite happy with what they're going to be doing here. Very, it's, it's a very exciting time for AEW. It's very exciting. I mean, if they make if the summer is is damn good, and they have an amazing summer from you know now until because we're off the heels of Double or Nothing, and now we're gonna have all out Labor Day weekend to close out the summer, and then we be go, we're going into the fall with an event like this. Man, AEW is on one right now. They are completely on one. And I cannot wait to see what they do with this show because this show, I have a feeling the show is going to be spectacular. This is going to be fantastic. The fans in New York City are going to be ready. I know the people of Queens are ready. I know people all around the Northeast are ready for this. I guarantee you the Northeast will come out in droves for this. The diehards, non-casual fans will be coming out to this event because this is the, this is going to be a big, this is going to be a huge situation. I want red carpet. I want all the luxuries. I want people coming up in limos. I want people to boo MJF, even though I love me some MJF. Hearing the fans in New York and in, in Queens chanting Judas, word for word, it is going to be a wonderful event. One I cannot not wait to see. And if you're going to be going to this event, one I know you, will, you guys will remember for the rest of your lives. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude this week's top story for episode 310 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, I got more news. I got news. I got a little bit more news. Of course, we're going to talk about Fightful.com. Vince McMahon and WWE sued for selling stock while failing to disclose collapse of Middle East details. Hmm. That's an interesting uh, situation. Of course, Wrestle Grand Slam had to be rescheduled due to the state of emergency in Japan mainly Tokyo and the surrounding areas. We'll talk about when Wrestle Grand Slam will take place and what will be Wrestle Grand Slam's main event as we are now, as we at that point are going to be on the road to the G1 Climax Tournament. Also, best WWE moment is returning to the ESPYs and you get to pick the winner. Sean Ruderick has this article from CadesideSeats.com. We're going to be discussing all that and more for episode 310 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you have just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month or about 17 cents a day, you can join our Patreon group where you will get exclusive access to shows that you will not get anywhere else, including Wrestle Wars, Watch the Throne, The Secret Files, and the pay-per-view show, just to name a few. Of course, we also have Fretz's Favorite Five and a bunch of other bonus content, as well as 15% off, 15% off of any of the merchandise we sell in our Teespring merchandise store. So head over to patreon.com backslash WrestleAddictRadio, all one word, for your chance to be a part of an amazing wrestling community. Hi friends, I'm your HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out of parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is right on your smartphone. Kings of the Rings podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast contains everything happening on WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AEW, brought to you by King Ricky Rose, our founder Willie T, and me. So why don't you join the thousands of happy peppy people and get a great big helping of Kings of the Rings podcast today. I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to pick up your phone, choose your favorite streaming app, subscribe to Russell Addict Radio, and press play. That's Kings of the Rings podcast here on Russell Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. gentlemen we are back with episode 310 of the ylp podcast hope you guys are enjoying the show so far but before we get back in the news you know i gotta pay the bills do all these phone bones and all that good stuff so let me throw them on my damn self and make sure you head your butt over to young dash lions dash perspective.creator dash spring.com for all of your Young Lions Perspective merch. Not only that, but right now, of course, it's the month of June. That means it is Pride Month. Okay? Get, don't get it twisted. New, you know, different flavor. Same YLP. Make sure you can head over to my uh, spring store. Get yourself the Golden Lion Pride Collection. Over there at my spring store, I got the whole thing up with men, for men and women's. I got the classic tee for the fellas. I got the women's flowy tank top, and I got the classic tank top for the fellas. If you want to, you know, sun's out, guns out season, it's all about that round here. Also, I got the premium V-neck tee for the ladies. And you can check all, all of that, as well as my original collection, of course, for men's women's and all the young cubs out there because you know I love because you know Mr. YLP himself loves kids. I got all that over there. Of course, make sure you get your t-shirts, your tank tops, those organic tote bags that you can put the YLP towel in and take yourself to the beach for a nice little beach day. Alright, I got die cut stickers. I got socks. Ladies, I got the leggings for y'all if y'all like to go to the gym. And fellas, you know I'm doing it for two. You're welcome in advance. Of course, my cup of Joe drinkers, I got the mugs. I got all of it. Posters, tapestries, whatever you're looking for. You can find it, of course, on my spring store. Again, it is young-lions. 
www.dashperspective.creator-spring.com. Make sure you get all your YLP merch for the summer, as well as that Golden Lion Pride collection. Celebrate Pride Month the right way. Of course, all of those purchases, all the purchases that have been paid for. Of course, every the, every single you know piece bought, all that will be donated to the Trevor Project. Which we are going with them. We are running with them again for another year. And big shout out to the Trevor Project, as always, supporting um, and prevention of suicides in the LGBTQIA plus community. All right. Because, I mean, as a person who does have family members who are part of the LGBTQIA community, uh, my cousin is gay. And I also have a lesbian cousin as well. Hell, we have a non binary member of the WrestleMania uh, uh, Radio Squadron. All right. We are all people. No matter who you be, no matter who you are. Straight, lesbian, bi, gay, transgender, queer, all that. We are all one, okay, in this community. It doesn't matter who you are because we come here for one thing and one thing only, and that is professional wrestling, and we also come together as a family regardless. But also, those purchases from the Golden Lion Pride Collection donates to a wonderful cause, and they have been doing this for quite some time. So once again, shout out to the Trevor Project. Make sure you head your butt over to young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com. Get yourself some of that YLP merch today. Mama YLP got some. She likes it. It's comfy. I have a t-shirt. It's comfy. Miss YLP, I promise I'll get you some. All right, don't be mad. Don't freak out. If we had stuff for dogs, I'd be selling them to dogs too. 100%. I don't know. I might have to speak to the powers that be on that. Get some dog merch. That'd be lit. YLP dog collars. Hey. Hey, Mr. Fury. We need to talk about that. <laughs> well, make sure you head over there and get yourself some stuff right now. Get all that stuff right now because when, when, when June's over, this collection goes bye-bye. This is limited time stuff. All right? This is limited, but, th- but it's a nice logo. The logo is nice. All right? If you've seen the cover art for my episodes, the same art that you'll get when you get that product and of course if you so choose and we hope you do take a selfie post it on your twitter your instagram facebook all that stuff and tag your boy in it over at instagram.com slash you know type me young underscore lines underscore perspective on instagram at yl perspective on twitter and if you're down with your likeness being shown all over the world we will feature you on a future hashtag fashion friday and you will get your 15 minutes of fame and magnificence. All right, let us get back into the news, ladies and gentlemen. And this article, when I saw the, high, the, the headline on this, I was like, we got to wait for Saturday for this one. Because this, this is some shit. From Fightful.com, Vince McMahon and WWE sued for selling stock while failing to disclose collapse of Middle East details. Interesting title to say the least. This is from Jeremy Lambert. Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and other WWE directors are being sued with claims of selling more than $300 million worth of stock at inflated prices while keeping the public in the dark about the collapse of key Middle East broadcasting deals. This lawsuit accuses WWE executives telling investors the company was set to renew an agreement with Orbit Showcase Network in Riyadh. OSN left sports broadcasting, which the lawsuit alleges WWE knew about. The lawsuit also alleges WWE misled investors about the chances of finding a replacement deal once OSN was out. McMahon sold 3.5 million shares worth more than $280 million, allegedly 
based on non-public information regarding the company's key contracts, business metrics, and financial prospects in the increasingly critical Middle East East region. My apologies. Other executives sold stock worth $30 million based on the same inside information. According to the complaint, the company's stock price fell from more than $62 a share to $44.50 when the truth about WWE's rapidly deteriorating, deteriorating Middle East business finally emerged. The cause of action is listed as a breach of fiduciary duty. Fiduciary. That's a word right there. That's a wonderful word. Unjust enrichment, aiding and abetting with the planning seeking punitive and actual damages, cost and fees in relief. Of course, if you're checking out this article, there's a hyperlink. You can can view the lawsuit for yourself. I will not be doing that because we don't do that here. Multiple class action lawsuits have been filed against WWE over their business dealings with Saudi Arabia with allegations of WWE making false and misleading claims when it comes to its relationship with the Saudi government. WWE settled a lawsuit regarding its relationship with Saudi Arabia in November 2020 for $39 million. That's a lot of money. And we'll take a look. We'll take a look at that real quick. This is from November 2020, of course, from Robert D. Felice. Um, I won't read the whole thing, but apparently the lawsuit started by shareholders. Um, excuse me, I got an itch. Alleging that the company violated the S- the Security Exchange Act by making false and misleading statements regarding their relationship with Saudi Arabia. Uh, the lawsuit failed to disclose potential negative information, which led people to purchase stock at artificially inflated prices. Um, now, in a term, she settled a lawsuit. Uh, the filing of uh, notes the following terms: the settlement would include a f- included a full release of all defendants in connection with the allegations made in the lawsuit. It will not contain any admission of liability or admission as to the validity or truth of any or all allegations of claims by any of the defendants. The term sheet provides for a settlement payment subject to court approval of $39 million, inclusive for all plaintiff's attorney fees and expenses and settlement costs, of which the company expects to be paid by the company's insurance carriers. The company believes that resolving the matter is the right business decision and that it is prudent to end the protracted and uncertain class action process. Ooh, my goodness. My goodness. Ah, uh, WWE. So let me make sure I can translate this from corporate to English, right? This is basically Martha Stewart shit. <laughs> basically, what WWE did is they heard some news, or should I say, they were working a deal with Orbit's Orbit Showcase Network in Riyadh. We already have been, t- I discussed the news with you guys a while back about them trying to get the Middle East deals and them not actually panning out the way they wanted it to. And while doing this, they sold $300 million worth of stock at an inflated price and kept the, the shareholders in the dark about the collapse of those broadcasting deals. That's basically what it was. When they realized that deals fell through, they sold their stock and left their shareholders holding the bag. That's basically what it was. They so they 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 got the, the deal fell through, 
they realized, oh shit, this isn't good if the people find out that uh, you know, deal fell through. Can we tell the people about this? No. Why? Our stock price will fall. And we'll lose money. So before they lost said money, they got out, let their shareholders hold in the bag. Ooh. Ooh. And apparently, per share, it dropped $17.50 the second the truth came out. So if you were holding stock in WWE, you lost $17.50 for every share you held in the company. Now, me personally, I am a shareholder in, in, um, in the company I work for. Um, I have a few shares in there, nothing too crazy, you know. It's not like I'm balling or anything, you know. I'm just, just a guy, you know, who was a regular job like anyone else does. Try to make money, try to save a little bit, put some money in the stock market and see how it runs. I have uh, stock in some th- other things outside of uh, the stock I have for the company I work for. And I'm doing all right. It's not bad, you know. Some days is good. Some days is, you know, meh, you know, you have your up days and your down days. That's how the stock market goes. Um, but if I'm a shareholder in WWE, right, and let's just say I got 10 shares in that mug, right, at that point, right, $62. Now, I don't know when I would put in. Let's just say I got in, you know, a little early, then earlier than most, you know. I got in early, you know, my profits are looking swanky. No, I got, you know. I was, I was, you know, I saw the price. I sold a little bit. You know, let's go do some imaginary stuff real quick. I got, a, I got like a, like a thousand shares in it, right? So 62, 62 stats in there at that point. You know, I got a thousand shares. I may have gotten, a, you know, a few grand off of it, looking good, sold a few. Uh, you know, made a little profit, kept, kept the rest in there. And at that point, it's 62 bucks, right? I'm looking good. I'm checking that. I'm like, whoa, WWE looking good right now. I'm making bread. All of a sudden, $17 for every share. $17.50 per share is gone. In one foul swoop. 1,000 shares times 17 and a half. 1750, figure it out. Or, you know, if I sold, like, okay, let's just say I sold like 400 shares prior to, I'm making I got a little bread off that, and I got 600 shares left. 1750 times 600, do the math. That's how much you would have lost in that one foul swoop. That is gnarly stuff right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is some shady shit right there. And it's been done... As, I mean, I don't watch the news personally. All I really have on TV nine times out of ten, if you know me well enough, is it going to be sports, professional wrestling, and HGTV every once in a while. I've been on HGTV a little bit. Uh, myself and Miss YLP herself, you know, we like to watch it. So, HGTV every once in a while. You know what I mean? It's nice. You know, get a couple ideas. All that good stuff. You know? But, more often than not, 
I'm not watching the news. You know, but if I got some stock in a company, you know, you do have some say. And if I find out that, you know, I lost seventeen fifty per share, depending on how many shares I have in, in the stock, I'm going to feel some type of way about that. And then come to find out that the deal they were trying to make with the Middle East rapidly, rapidly deteriorated. Oh, no, 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 no. We got problems. That's a problem. That is a bad look. WWE knew about Orbit Showcase Network leaving sports broadcasting, and then they misled investors about the chances of finding a replacement deal once they were out. Now, they made profit off that, and you had to hold the bag. That is very bad. Now, some people would consider that insider trading. You knew about it. You, you, are, you got a tip knowing about the stuff. You sold, didn't let your shareholders know, and then they had and then they lost money and you made money. I cannot tell you how many times we have seen this happen. Martha Stewart, politicians. Hell, I don't think there were politicians, what, last year? Apparently there were some politicians, um, I forget which state it was, um, that knew about certain companies that were pretty much going to go bye-bye due to COVID. Well, not bye-bye, but pretty much going to lose a lot of money by COVID. They found, they knew, had a meaning of it. The, the le- audio leaked. Um, I don't want to put names out there because, you know, you never know what the world, how the world is nowadays. But, yeah, people lost a lot of money off that if there was uh, shareholders in this. It was crazy. It was crazy. And... News got out, news leaked, and nothing, unfortunately, happened to them. No, they didn't go to jail for insider training or nothing like that. But that was actual, but it's actually happened. Yes, I know, Marley. It's crazy. I know. I don't like it either. That's not nice. Yeah. Okay, and she's going back to doing what she's doing. But yeah, this is a really big deal. This is a really crazy thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I'll keep my I'll keep my ear to ground on this one and keep up with it as best as I can, but um, I'm not sure what will come out of this. I really don't. Um, if anything does come out of it, I will keep you guys up to date with everything that's going on. Ooh, excuse me, with this particular case. So from that, we shall move on as we head over to sescoops.com. Wrestle Grand Slam rescheduled. Kota Ibushi. To challenge Shingo Takagi from Ian Carey. NJBW has announced that Wrestle Grand Slam will now take place on July 25th from the Tokyo Dome. The event had originally been scheduled for May 29th. It was postponed following a COVID outbreak amongst members of the roster, however. The main event of the show will feature Shingo Takagi defending his newly won IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against the former champion Kota Ibushi. The original main event of Wrestle Grand Slam on May 29th had been Will Ospreay defending the title against Kazuchika Okada. Ospreay then vacated the title due to injury, and Takata faced Okada for the title at Dominion earlier this month. 
and JPW also announced that they were unable to reschedule the planned Wrestle Grand Slam event in Yokohama. That event had originally been scheduled for May 15th. Quote, alternate dates for Wrestle Grand Slam in Yokohama Stadium on May 15th were carefully considered, but due to scheduling conflicts, an alternate date could not be found for the immediate future. As a result, New Japan Pro Wrestling has arrived at the decision to cancel the Yokohama Stadium card. All ticket holders will be refunded. We apologize to fans looking forward to the event and appreciate your understanding. That was the uh, what they had from the press release. Now, this is a big deal for people who are New Japan supporters. I love me some New Japan. Y'all know that as much as I does, so I won't have to explain myself any more than I have to. This is a big matchup because of the fact that Takagi is now the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And this is Takagi's now first reign as the top guy in New Japan. Beating Okada for the title is... Beating Okada, period, is, is a big deal. Beating Okada for the title is an even bigger deal. Okay? So now that, that literally gives uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón... A lot of pull, given the fact that they now have the World Heavyweight Championship in their stable. Okay? Naito's not the only one that can say he has held top gold in the company any longer. Which is a big deal. It's a good thing. I'm proud of Takagi. I actually saw the match myself. I liked it. It was a really solid match. Um, I can honestly say this will definitely be in the pool for honorable mention of the year. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say as to put this in the match of the year contendership um, for reasons I have not really been able to put together as of yet for some reason. Um, but I really think this is more of an honorable mention than it is a match of the year. Um, don't get me wrong. The the title, vacated title, big deal. Um, this didn't have much storyline. It had a bit of storyline going into it, but it's mainly pointed towards Will Ospreay more so than it was towards Takagi or Okada. These are basically just two guys who wanted to challenge for the championship. Takagi got a shot, lost. Okada was supposed to be next in line, and Will Ospreay was supposed to be facing for the title. Unfortunately, of course, as we all know, Will Ospreay uh, hurt his neck and pretty much will be out for a significant amount of time. We're not sure in terms of a timetable when he would be returning. But here's kind of what... Now, I don't know if I alluded to this in uh, this uh, last week's episode or the, week, uh, the episode before that. Um... But I had a little bit of a theory as to what I thought would be the storyline for this particular year. And just in case, and if you haven't, if this is the first time I'm hearing doing it, cool. If it's not, let me know. Or it's voice message over at anchor.fm slash perspective, or over on the uh, anchor.fm slash radio page, or anybodyboyspodcastlucis.com, or any of the other platforms that we have to carry this podcast on. Leave me a comment voice matches, all that stuff. Let me know. My theory is, my theory has been, I kind of figured, I kind of somewhat figured it out in my head, but this is kind of the theory, I, the storyline I would have ran with. Takagi Osprey has been a bit of a rivalry ever since Best of the Super Juniors, I believe, 2019. Takagi came in as the newest member of LIJ at the time and was literally running through everybody. Every single person. This guy was still a junior. A huge junior, but a junior nonetheless. 
Takagi runs through his block undefeated into the Best of Super Juniors Finals, taking on Osprey, who I believe uh, only had one loss on his record throughout the entire block process, block A and block B. They meet in the finals in what was a banger of a match. I believe it was a in, the, in my top 10 for match of the year for 2019, which, uh, uh, honestly, if you saw that match, well freaking deserved. If you haven't seen that match, go out of your way a little bit to find that on Daily Motion. I believe you can probably find it there if you don't have NJPW World. My theory is this, is that they basically did it, they were going to do the storyline as a way to show that Takagi couldn't get over the hump and couldn't beat Osprey for the championship. Up to that point, up to this point, Takagi has never beaten Osprey, period. He lost to him at best in the Super Juniors final. Osprey went on to become the junior heavyweight champion. After, I believe, defeating uh, Dragon Lee to become new champion uh, at Dominion. Uh, literally just a few days later. And Takagi has never beaten Osprey. My theory is was this. Is that they were going to book Takagi to win the G1 Climax. Osprey would carry the championship all the way to Wrestle Kingdom, I think, 15? We're on now, 15, 16? Wrestle Kingdom. All the way to Wrestle Kingdom. Takagi would get through his one or two matches that he had for the Battle Rights contract. Takagi would face Osprey in the Tokyo Dome for the title. And Takagi would become, then at that point, become the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion kicking off 2022 as the new World Heavyweight Champion. That was my theory. Now, I'm not sure if New Japan was going that route, but with the way I saw it prior to the injury on Will Ospreay, that was what my thought process was. They were going to have... They were going to have... Takagi win the G1, go to the Tokyo Dome in January 4th, 2022... And become the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. That was my booking process. That's what I thought. I literally just took little bits and pieces of it. And I thought, and it immediately hit me. They're having Takagi win at the Tokyo Dome. They would have Takagi, they had Takagi lose to Osprey. And at this point, never beating him, period, in singles competition. Have him win the G1 Climax. Go through everybody. Destruction. Um, King of Pro Wrestling, go through World Tag League, all that, get on the road to the Tokyo Dome, and then win the championship against Osprey in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. We may never know now what the storyline was, but that was what I had in my head. Now, as far as Takashi, Takashi, hold it, Takaki versus Ibushi goes. For those of you who don't know, Ibushi was the former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the first IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, combining the Intercontinental and the Heavyweight titles together. And he loses it to Will Ospreay at Sakura Genesis earlier this year. Ibushi, now Takagi, was the one who actually challenged Ibushi to a one-on-one match at Wrestle Grand Slam for the title. Ibushi didn't call Takagi out. Takagi called out Ibushi. That's also a good 
little indicator there that this match is going to be insane. So again, this this is going to be a dope matchup. I love these two guys. Ibushi Takagi is going to be a fire matchup. It is going to be a. It could be. It could really solidly be a chef's kiss of a matchup. Going by how I uh, New Japan books their stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is this is literal. This is literal possibility of being in the pool for match of the year. That's 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 how much I really do think this match is going to be. How dope this match is going to be. I cannot wait to see this matchup. Again, July 25th, Russell Grand Slam goes down as we then, at that point, would be on the road to the G1 Climax. And finally, to round out the news for this week, we go to cagesideseats.com. Best WWE moment is returning to the ESPYs and you. Yes, you. Not you. No, okay, yeah, you, I guess you too. And definitely you with the tent. You get to pick the winner. This is from Sean Ruta. Remember when WWE's deal with the NBC Universal-owned Peacock was announced and there was a rumor ESPN will be scaling back coverage of Vince McMahon's company as a result? Kyle Decker is definitely going to mark that one wrong in the rumor look back. We know this because the Disney-owned sports network slash streaming service just announced the 2021 ESPYs, their annual award show. For the second time, one of the categories is Best WWE Moment. The award debuted in 2019 and was given to Roman Reigns for his return after leukemia treatment, well, freaking deserved, by the way. In it, along with the traditional Best of show, went on IAS last year during the pandemic, so ESPN could focus the ceremony on service and humanitarian work. But with a general return to normalcy, including live sports here in the United States, the ESPYs are back in their usual form. A new wrinkle for the Best WWE Moment Award is how it will be decided. In 2019, there was a fan vote among four choices. This year, there are 16 options broken up into eight quote-unquote matches in a single elimination tournament-style bracket. Now, if you're looking at this article right now, um, there's a hyperlink to where you can vote for your first-round matchups right there. So, let's actually let's actually do it. Let me do it. Why not? I, I get to vote too. Mr. Wild P himself loves to get his vote on. Uh, okay, so do I have to type on the click on the text below the video? Okay, so here's what we got for the best WWE. Here's the first match. So it is Dominic Mysterio makes in-ring debut at SummerSlam with Dadry Mysterio in his corner, or Roman Reigns returns to SmackDown and aligns with Paul Heyman. I think that is quite obvious that Roman Reigns had the better moment. And we shall pick that. Second one. If you guys are following along, follow along with me. Pat McAfee confronts and punts Adam Cole. Or Goldberg returns to challenge Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Now, I don't like, ever since Goldberg, Bray Wyatt, we have not been fans of Goldberg over here. So I'm personally going with Pat McAfee confronting and punting Adam Cole. Because that was an unexpected moment that no one saw coming, which led to Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole at TakeOver um, last year, which was uh, absolutely quite brilliant, if I say so myself. So we'll vote for that. No, I don't care about your Capital One Venture Guard. Shut up. Keith Lee breaking Adam Cole's 
four record 403 day reign as NXT champion on the, at the Great American Bash, or Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair becoming the first black women to battle in a WrestleMania move. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. But you know what? Here's where when it comes, and this is this is where my match of the year type stuff comes in. So you get a little behind the scenes scoop. When it comes to matches like the Keith Lee Adam Cole match and the Sasha Banks Bianca Belair match, personally, it's all about the moment. Now, both these matches were for titles. There was a double title on the line for Keith Lee breaking the Adam Cole's four and three day record as NXT champion, and of course Sasha Banks Bianca Belair had the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Uh, Bianca Belair, of course, the Royal Rumble winner and all that stuff. But there's always a little bit of a history factor that can come into this. History was made at WrestleMania that night. Banks and Belair becoming the first black woman to main event a WrestleMania. You can't beat history. And I'm taking Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. We Okay, so... This one looks to me like an unfair fight. Edge winning the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble and becoming the third person ever to win for the number one spot against Kevin Owens. Okay, we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah, Edge, Edge, that's a moment right there. That is a moment. So we have Sasha Banks winning the SmackDown Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell or Randy Orton setting fire I'm going with Randy Orton setting Fiend on fire. I really didn't care too much. Uh, now, Sasha Banks winning the Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell was a cool moment, but, you know, I mean, ooh, I, you know, mm, I mean, to, I mean with, the, with the feud, though. Mm, mm, yeah, okay, I'll go with Sasha Banks, yeah. The feud. The feud was too fire. You can't, you can't pass that up. Um, now hopefully they were talking. Now hopefully with that Hell in a Cell stuff, they were talking about um, the match against Bailey and nothing else. So, match six: Undertaker celebrating his 30th anniversary and giving his final farewell, or Bobby Lashley winning the championship for the first time. Now, I do love me some Bobby Lashley, and the fact that he is this is was his first time winning the championship. Long overdue, may I add. And the Undertaker at Survivor Series for his 30th anniversary. Yes, it's a really cool deal. And it's a really big thing and all. But you know what? That final farewell was kind of shit. If we're being truthfully honest. That, that final farewell was not a legitimately true final farewell. Well, not the kind of final farewell I would mess with. So here's what I'm doing. I'm hoping for an upset, and I'm going with Bobby Lashley winning the championship for the very first time. Because that's just a really big deal to me, personally. Oh, this isn't even a fair fight. Matt Seven apparently has Bailey turning on Sasha Banks, going up against Bad Bunny, teaming with Damian Priest at WrestleMania, and unveiling a Bunny Destroyer. I think the answer is pretty freaking obvious. And if you're picking Bailey turning on Sasha Banks, um, you lost the battle. Because I'm going with Bad Bunny, because that was an awesome freaking moment. Also, and now finally, match eight. Bianca Belair winning the Women's Royal Rumble and setting the record for the longest time spent in a match. Or The Miz cashing in Money in the Bank at Elimination Chamber and becoming the first 
two-time Grand Slam champion. Now, again, this is all about moments. What is the best moment? I don't think the Miz Cat winning it, becoming the first, now, mind you, becoming the first ever two-time Grand Slam champ is a really big deal and is quite a story, okay? A, a decent moment at best in a pay-per-view that, honestly, not many people freaking cared about. Excuse me. And I'm going with Bianca Belair, personally, because of the fact that she deserved to win that. She absolutely deserved to win that. 100%. And I have been saying that since the summer of last year, so you're welcome in advance. So that's our vote for that. So again, all, you can vote for the uh, all the first round matchups over uh, the hyperlink that will take you to ESPN. Now, mind you, you don't have too long, okay? Quarterfinal voting starts this coming Monday, June 21st. The final four vote is, this, is next Friday, June 25th. We all find out who wins when the ceremony takes place on Saturday, July 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Anthony Mackie will be the host of this year's SP. So make sure you head over to the case size seats or just go over to uh, ESPN.com, find the SPs, vote for who you think should go into the next round in the quarterfinals. And we shall go from there and we will see who takes the, type, the award for best WWE moment at the SB Awards. And that is going to conclude all of the news for this week, but we are not done when we come back. It is time to preview and predict, if we're going to make any predictions on that, for this year's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. On the other side of episode 310 of the YLP Podcast, we'll be right back. My name is the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye! Predictions for Hell in a Cell. This is going to be more preview than prediction because I got a little bit to say about this pay-per-view. This should not even be happening. I'm going to take my glasses off for this one. I'm not, I'm not going to need it. I'm not going to need it at all. Just in case, put this in here because I'm pretty much going to do that. Okay. That. That right there. This pay-per-view 
without a doubt, is a non-fam we good pay-per-view. I have honestly no reason to watch this pay-per-view. None. Not even gonna lie to you, not even a little bit. Takes a pop. Raspberry lemonade for the light up. That's the way. So good. So twangy. So But this review has to me now no value whatsoever. None. I have no point in watching this. The main reason I was gonna watch this pay-per-view was because mainly of what who Roman Reigns was gonna face at Hell in a Cell. Now, we all knew it wasn't going to be Cesaro after the fact that Seth Rollins uh, went after Cesaro yet again and have basically taken that away from us. Now, I'm not necessarily sure as to why Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio got taken off the card. We haven't, I haven't really found anything or unfortunately looked into it as to why uh, there wasn't I was listening to Cultaholic, I was listening to Russell Talk, all the major YouTube video stuff that I would watch on a daily, uh, check out on a daily basis if I had to get the chance to do so. And I don't, we don't, we, I don't know why they would take this match to the card. I really don't. So for those of you who saw it last night on SmackDown, I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed it. But that was kind of the big thing they were trying to push for the pay-per-view. And then, a few days before the pay-per-view, they, WWE and their infinite wisdom, decide to take the take that match off the card. Now, prior to that, this was literally nothing more than a five-match card that we were going to watch on Sunday night. Now we're down to four, according to Wikipedia.com. I tried to look up other things, and they only had five, so... We're going with a four-match card here, ladies and gentlemen. Three title matches um, with the main event now, as from what I see it, Bobby Lashley taking on Drew McIntyre in a last chance Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair once again for the Raw Women's title. And Bianca Belair and Bayley taking on, taking on each other for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And for some reason, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler Okay. Uh, I mean, honestly, do you think about this in your head? Were you planning on watching Hell in a Cell on Sunday? I may put that up as a poll on Twitter. I don't know yet. I may put it on my I may put it on my Instagram and my Twitter tomorrow. Or today, I should say. I might put it I might put it up yesterday. Who knows? But this pay-per-view to me is is a non-factor. A blip on my radar. Nothing more than a blip. A quick boop, and then we're done. Boop. This, this honestly has no value whatsoever now. Then again, it didn't really have much 
to begin with, if we're being brutally honest about it. All matches on the card are matches I either don't care about or I've already seen already. We all knew Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre was going to be one of the Hell in a Cell matches. That was pretty much a, a given. We just had to figure out what the rest of the card was going to be, and one of those was going to be who Roman Reigns was going to face in Hell in a Cell. When we realized it was going to be Rey Mysterio, I was like, okay, this is different. A match I've never seen before. Something I'm, that got ha, has me interested. I'm quite excited to see how this match works. Then they pulled the plug, and we got that match on SmackDown last night. So now what? So now what is the hook for Sunday? What is the hook for us to actually see this pay-per-view go down on Sunday night? Not much. Really not much to work with. It's three matches I pretty much I have an idea of the results of and one match I honestly don't give a damn about. I don't care for Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. I don't care for the storyline. I don't care why they're having this match anyway. I don't. This match could be better suited on Monday Night Raw and we can just have three matches. Oh wait, we can't because it's not enough for an event. I guarantee you a lot of people were really looking forward to watching Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio on the card. And now that we don't have it, I'd be hard-pressed to find any person, especially on the WrestleMania radio side of things, who would be willing to want to watch this pay-per-view. I am saying this right now to the powers that be at WrestleMania radio. I am not watching this pay-per-view. I'm not. I will not. I refuse to. Not because of the, mainly because of the fact that myself and uh, Miss myself and Miss YLP herself will be having a nice little virtual date, but in celebration, of course, of both of our fathers, which I'll explain later uh, at the closing of today's episode. But I, I don't care for this. This is literally Battleground 2018 all over again. Was it Battleground? Yeah, Battleground 2018. During the first few weeks of this, uh, my existence as a podcaster on Anchor. And I shit on that pay-per-view hard. Hard. You can, I guarantee you you can find it. The good, the bad, and the other that was Battleground 2018. Worst show, worst pay-per-view in the history of the company. Hands down. No, not even close. The closest that would come to that would be WrestleMania 9. And that's saying something. All right? I have no, honestly, no reason to watch this show. I don't. I mean, the only, the easiest prediction, I'm not saying it's going to be the easiest prediction because they, they may go stupid. But all, all I'm going to say is all champions are going to retain. Every single champion must retain the championships. It makes no sense for Drew McIntyre to become WWE champion again. It makes no sense for Charlotte Flair to gain, regain the Raw Women's Championship, and it makes no sense for Bailey to become SmackDown Women's Champion. Nothing. As far as Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler goes, I don't care. That match would have been better suited for Raw anyway. 
Honestly, we could we could have just skipped Hell in a Cell altogether. We could have literally skipped Hell in a Cell. The second they announced it for June, I was like, nope. Nope. I had no reason whatsoever to watch it. Now, Roman versus Ray would have been a nice little feather in the cap for both men. But I have honestly, I don't care for this pay per view. And this is one of the first, this is one of the first few, this is one of the like few times as a podcaster that I am literally saying I have no reason to watch this pay per view. I have no care for it. I would literally rather watch NFL Red Zone all day on NFL Network and watch that over this pay per view. I have, I don't care. This, this pay per view is garbage. It is literal garbage. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be as bad as Battleground 2018. Because nothing can ever be as bad as Battleground 2018. Ever. But this show has nothing for me. Rematches in a match I don't care about. I would literally would rather watch a recap of the dude who had a fantasy football punishment by sitting in a Waffle House for God knows how long. I was more interested in that. I'm more interested in Lee Sanderlin having to having to stay in a Waffle House for 15 hours. Serving a punishment for being the loser in his fantasy football league. Then watching this pay-per-view. That's how much, that's how interested I am not. Again, to the powers that be at WrestleMania Radio, I am not watching this pay-per-view. I'm not. I don't care to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. It does not pique my interest. Now that Roman and Ray got taken off the card, I have no use for it. If I had to pick a prediction on Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss, I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler. And I pray she gets one. I pray they throw her a bone. Will it happen? Probably not. This pay-per-view is worthless. Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view is worthless. Hopefully you have better things to do with your Father's Day than watching this pay-per-view. And I encourage you not to watch this pay-per-view. I'm sure there will be people out there that will watch this pay-per-view. I will not be one of them. It's rare for me to not want to watch pay-per-view. To sit down, watch it from 7 to however long it goes. But you know what? I'm going to take that chance. I have better things to do with my time than sit there and watch a four-match pay-per-view. I'm good. And I hope you guys do the same. 100%. There are better things to do with your time on Father's Day than sitting and watching a pay-per-view that, honestly, I don't care about, and neither should you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 310 
of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready and prepared for episode 311 of the YLP Podcast. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 310 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with YLB Podcast, you can follow me on my social media. Yay. Follow me on Twitter at YL Perspective. I usually do live tweeting for NXT every Tuesday night. That's been weird as late, so I haven't been live tweeting, but I usually do that on Wednesdays. Check down every Friday unless I have a proper application to attend to. Or... And my apologies for not tweeting live tweeting as of late. I sometimes, you know, I just get a little bit not good. Just like, okay. Um, so, it bees what it bees with that. My apologies. I will get back into it in the swing of things. It's just, it's just been a little, I got mean, a lot of things going on right now. So, you know, life things. So, bear with me on that. But I do live tweeting for SmackDown as well every Friday. Usually, I do that. So, bear with me, y'all, with my life things. Follow me over on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. I do post every once in a while. 60 second thought videos. I do stuff on, I try to, I'm trying to get back into this Saturday type of things and give you guys a question of the week and let you guys see where you guys are heads at. I may post something on Twitter today. So we'll see how everything goes with that. If I have a nice little clever question or a poll to come up with. And if I do, we'll read the results on next Saturday's show. You can also follow me on Facebook. You can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective. All one word. Of course, if you search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast, like the page, share the page, make damn sure that you follow that page. We have over 100 followers over there. I'm 24 around my last count. And I thank every single one of y'all for your continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all your social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All the alt-tech stuff, Gab and Parlay. Okay? You can also uh, send it in a text message. Slide through your friends' DMs. And don't mind me, I'm just doing a little walk around because I'm doing this for a reason. All the alt-tech stuff, all of the boxers, the telegrams, the WhatsApps, and all of the other messaging apps that you use at your disposable it's disposable Jesus Christ words are hard at your disposal my apologies again English hard sometimes on the weekends <laughs> anywho we shall continue on because in these times I know we're getting out of quarantine everybody's going back to normalcy we still we here at WrestleMania Radio still do our best to provide you top notch quality entertainment every single week because we strive to be the A5 like Wagyu, A1 like the steak sauce, top dogs, cream of the crop, the top of the pops, the best of the best. 
to be recognized undisputedly, undoubtedly, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know for most of y'all, you guys do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. Everybody has their favorite platform to use for their podcasting listening needs. But if you simply think for one second, we're all about ambiguous podcasts, anchor.fm, slash Young Lions, respective anchor.fm, slash WrestleLetic Radio, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. You can find this podcast and the entire family of WrestleLetic Radio podcasts across many different platforms, including Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and as always, shout out to the Podbean gang, Castbox FM, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio podcasts across all these different platforms. Leave a top comment. Leave a comment. Leave a, a very, very top rating, five stars, whatever they got over there. Let people know about the uh, Young Lions perspective and Wrestle Addict Radio as a whole, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. And I believe I have fulfilled my obligations for the week, and we go over to the country of Greece to ensure we have fulfilled that obligation. I am looking at them, making sure we are good, and I am getting the thumbs up. So today, usually at the end of episodes, I usually give you guys a message. Uh, usually let you guys know, enjoy your weekend, stay safe, take that Uber or Lyft, you know, all that good stuff. But today's going to be a little bit different. Tomorrow is Father's Day. And this will be the first year, as I said earlier in today's episode, that I will not have my father anywhere in my life whatsoever. But I'm, and I have dedicated to this for my father, Raymond. Raymond, I love you. I hope you are watching over myself my family, Lori, her kids. I love you. I miss you. I miss our talks. I miss... I miss you, period. And I love you. And although we did not have much of a relationship, um, I'm glad for the time that we did have with each other. We never met, unfortunately. And I know that the one thing we always wanted was to have a drink with each other. And unfortunately, we can't have that now. And that's okay. I have, I am at peace knowing where you are at this very moment. But I'm not just dedicating this episode of the podcast to my father, Raymond. I also am dedicating this to Miss YLP herself's father, Jeff. Earlier this year in February, Jeffrey McCord also lost his battle to cancer. Um, I was, I remember that day like it was yesterday. And... Luckily, uh, Miss YLP herself was there, for, you know, for the unfortunate passing of her father. Um, and I know it's hit her hard, very hard, and she was an only child, and it is very hard to lose a parent, especially someone you have really had a good relationship with throughout your entire life. So I'm also dedicating this episode to Jeff McCord. You are missed. You are loved, you are respected, but not just your daughter, not just myself, but those you had helped in your profession, 
and those you had served. From what I was told, you were a very good man. And I am doing my very damn best to make sure your daughter is okay. She is in good hands, Mr. McCord. I see to it that I do my job to be her rock now. Not only am I dedicating this to the two of them, I'm also dedicating this episode to a few friends of mine who are fathers. Um, my friend John, a.k.a. John Juan de Don DeMarco, a.k.a. Jots, uh, who has a one-year-old son and one on the way. Uh, t- today, I found, the gender- I found out the gender reveal of uh, their child, of John and Alicia. And I'm personally hoping for a boy. So that's just me. That's my guess. We'll see how it goes. To my homie, Bill Brixton. And for his daughter, Emma. You are a good man. And your daughter is just like you, bro. 100%. And you can't deny it because we spoke about this. She is just like you, bro. And I am proud of you. For the man you've become. And the father you are. To twin sisters, YLP's boyfriend, Devon. Happy Father's Day, my dude. You are a damn good father of three. And of my niece and nephew, Damon and Rachel, and my stepniece, who I consider my niece, because she's I've known her since she was two, Gianna. You have done you're a good man. Even though you're crazy as hell, you are a good man nonetheless. And you will do your damnedest to make sure your kids are okay. Much love to you as well. To my friend Jesse, living down in South Carolina. Um, A father of two. Daughters. And one of them is just like you, bro. I swear. And, you know, when I first heard you were becoming a, uh, a dad, I was shocked but in a good way because you and Kayla have something special I was there I was a groomsman in your wedding and I was proud to be a groomsman in your wedding my man and I think having those two daughters of yours really have helped you shape and become the man you are today As a former member of the Navy, I also salute you for that. And I hope you had a great memorial day. To my Uncle Adrian, Uncle Andre, Uncle Mike, my cousin Adrian, and to all the fathers around the world. If you have a glass, raise it high. I normally don't drink, but I think it's apropos to take a shot. So if you do have a glass of something, raise it high. This is to all of y'all, fathers, the backbone of the family, the first person your son learns from, the first man your daughter ever loves. I respect y'all. 
Continue to be the backbone of your family. Continue to be strong role models for not just your family, but for your communities. Strive to be the best man you can be and be the role model that your kids need. In society today, I know most fathers are ridiculed and demonized and all this shit. This ain't the day for it. This is to celebrate fathers. Okay? So to all of you and all those around the world, to Raymond, to Jeff, to Bon, John Juan, Bill, Jesse, every father I do, every other father I did not name, this one's to you. Cheers. May you have a fantastic Father's Day. Enjoy it. It is your day. Have fun. Put something on the grill. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 311 of the YLP Podcast. See ya! This has been a Russell Attic Radio branded podcast.